heard. Praise God. Love the Nelsons. So thankful they are a part of the Truth, fam- Truth Church family. Amen. I want him to come take his liberty tonight. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Can we give him a hand clap of praise? Hey. Hey. Go ahead. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody like him. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We can be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. Once again, for the opportunity. be able to stand behind this desk. I just want to step out of the way and let God have His way. And I believe, I believe, I believe that the Lord has been dealing with me about something for us and uh, looking forward to just seeing what all else God's got for us here tonight. But before, before I get started in my message, I got a little groundwork that I want to lay here before I start speaking about what the Lord's been dealing with me about. A couple of scriptures I want to read for you. And first one's Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1 says, The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. I stir up your pure mind. By way of remembrance. And verse 2 says this. That you may be mindful of the words. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. And of the commandment of us the apostles of the Lord and Savior. All I'm going to do tonight is just. Stir up your remembrance. That's the first thing I want to say. And the second thing is, namely this, in relation to God that we serve. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Isaiah 41, verses 4, or verses 1 through 4. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant in Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. And floods upon the dry ground. I'll pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grasses, willows by the watercourses. One shall say, I'm the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord and surname himself by the name of Israel. Beside me there is no God. 
Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And who is I shall call and shall declare it, and set it in order for me. Shall I appoint the ancient people, and the things that are coming and shall come, and the things that are coming and shall come, and the things that are coming and shall come. Let them show unto them. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have I not told thee from that time, and have I declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. There is, is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. You got a God tonight? That's the only God. And not only that, He don't change. In a world where you wake up in the morning and you wonder what side of the bed you're on, He knows. Because He don't change. If He told you something, sis, you can bank on it. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house here tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now it's time for me to get where I was going to go. As you can see, there's a box up here on this altar. This is part of what I want to talk about here tonight. And in this box, boxes are used to put some things in. Anybody ever moved? (laughs) You want to move again? Boxes is what you put things in. It's to contain some stuff. This box up here, it's a pretty good sturdy box. You could put some things in it. It'd be pretty safe. You could fit quite a few things in there. But I want you to realize the fact that a box contains something. Once you put it in there, that's where it stays. Tonight, I'm going to come to you tonight with just a thought. Let him out of the box. Let him out of the box. If you'll stand with me tonight and turn to Matthew chapter 13. We'll get started. Verse 53 to 56. Matthew 13, beginning of verse 53, says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, and so much that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Verse 55, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And again tonight, I just want to talk to you tonight. Let him out of the box. Let's all pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's been in this house. God, we need you. We need your hand to be upon us, God. 
Oh, God, we need you, Lord, to guide and direct our steps tonight, Lord. That's it, church. God, that your will, your will be done in this service tonight, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, that your will, your will, your will be done tonight, God. Oh, yes, Lord, help us tonight, God. Build faith in this place here tonight, God. Oh, yes, Lord, we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That scripture reference I gave you, or read to you tonight in Matthew, Jesus was speaking and Jesus had, had performed some miracles and, and there were some people that started to ask, hey, wait a minute, isn't this just the carpenter's son? And ain't that Mary's boy? So often, you know, they, they seen what he was doing and they heard what he said and they were, but, but, but wait a minute, that's just a carpenter's son. And in their mind, they couldn't really grasp exactly what he was about, so what did they do? They took him and they put him in the box of their understanding. Wait a minute here, he... He just, he just marries, boy. He's just a carpenter's son. There we go. There we go. Now, now we're okay. Now we're all right. Hallelujah. But you see, Jesus was operating out of the norm. You see? Because the Pharisees and Sadducees, they was operating in, in, a, in the law, and it had become a tradition, and it had just become mundane and day-to-day. And here come Jesus, and he began to teach Matthew 13, 54 gives us an account. It says, when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogues insomuch that they were astonished and said, whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Whoa. Wait a minute. This, this ain't what we're used to. What's this, what's this guy doing? This ain't how we do it. That's right. Around here, this ain't the way anything's operate, but you can't deny what he's saying, man. Whoo, that was whew, that was deep. And the mighty works he did, man. I mean, that was awesome. But wait a minute here. I can't deal with that. I got I got to understand what he's about. So I got to put him back in that box of understanding. He just a carpenter's son. He just marries boy. And don't we, don't we know his brothers and we know his sisters are among us? Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. I want to read that for you in the New Living Translation, Matthew 13, 54 through 56. He says, he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. And when he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? We can read these things tonight, and we can say, yeah, we go, yeah, they did, didn't they? Man, there's Jesus doing all those things. Man, they, they just had to put him back in that box, but we tend to do the same thing.
We say, I believe God will fill in the blank. And then we begin the process of that figuring out how he's going to do it. And what that ends up doing is that puts him right back in that box. It's not our responsibility to decide if God will answer our prayer. It's not our responsibility to figure out how God will answer our prayer. But it is our responsibility to pray and then to trust. God can't operate like he desires being put into a box. As explained further down in Matthew 58, he did not mighty, mighty works there because of their unbelief. How many times have we seen God do something for someone in the church or hear about somebody that God did something for and say, well, yeah, God did it for them, but you don't understand in my situation. Can we go to Romans chapter 2, verse 11? I want to read it for you both in King James, the New Living Translation. I want to drive this home for you for tonight concerning that thought. And it says, for there is no respect of persons with God. New Living Translation says, For God doesn't show favoritism. Well, I, I, I believe God will do it for pastor. But me, you know, I, you know, I stumble and I, I make mistakes. And I, and, I, and I, come on, God don't show favoritism. What you got to do, just get up, dust yourself off and say, God, hey, I blew it today. But can we go, let's go on, right? Can we go on? Can we go on? Can we go on? And God is standing right there saying, yeah, let's go. Let's go. We got a work to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just as you said in the latest podcast, Bishop, oh, my. If you haven't heard the latest podcast, shameless plug. <laughs> face the truth. <laughs> All of those of you online, face the truth. <laughs> the podcast. He said, God has a room, or has a house with some room. Yes, 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 yes. A room of the past, room of the present, and a room of the future. He lives, he lives in our tomorrow. And, and you know what, I, I, when, you, when you talk about how when he goes in the room of the past... He went in my room with my past sister, and he saw all that junk in there, and I like the way you said it. He says, wait, wait, no, we, we need to do some little cleaning in here. Needs to do some little bit of renovation there. Hallelujah. Brother, God's fixing to do some renovation for you tonight. Hey! When you go down in that water, he's going to step in that room of yesterday. He's going to say, Hey! We got some cleaning up to do. Woo! Hey! Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but in our mind, tomorrow is daunting at times. Oh, it's the unknown. Ooh, the evil unknown. 
It's like the boogeyman coming up to you and saying, Hey, what's it going to do tomorrow? I ain't there yet. You ain't there yet. Matthew 6, 34 says, Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of the things of itself, sufficient unto the days the evil thereof. Barnes' commentary of the morrow shall take thought. Check this out. He says, the morrow will have anxieties and cares of its own. You been there? I have. I was there this week. And, and uh, I pray I don't, but I'll probably be there again. That's just, that's just life. Cares of its own. But, it, but get this. But it will also bring the proper provision for those cares. Though you will have needs, yet God will provide for them as they occur. Do not, therefore, increase the cares of today by borrowing trouble from the future. Do your duty faithfully now and depend upon the mercy of God and His divine help for the troubles which are yet to come. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Barnes' commentary of that says, Faith gives reality or substance to things hoped for. Talking about getting him out of that box. It's our responsibility to pray and God has already figured out the rest. It's not your responsibility to figure it out. It's not your responsibility to figure it out. I said it's not your responsibility to figure it out. I'm preaching to myself. Because I like to figure it out. Oh God, I you. I need this, God. How are you going to do it? Well, we could do it like this, you know. Like I'm going like to really help him out. <laughs> I want to use the account of Exodus and the deliverance of the children of Israel by explaining what I'm meaning here tonight. And here you have people who've been enslaved for 400 years following Moses. They're excited. You know, they got delivered out of Egypt. They're excited. And they, they witnessed what God had performed to get them out of there. And here they are walking. And they're no doubt walking one another going, man, man, those plagues were something else, weren't they? God was really something, wasn't he? He was awesome, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. And Moses, you know. And yeah, everything was hunky-dory. Smiles everywhere. Everybody just excited, high-stepping. Here we go. We're out of Egypt. And then all of a sudden, boom. There's a Red Sea. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, well. well, at least we're not in Egypt no more. But then somebody turned around and saw some dust in the distance. And began to, and the dust began to grow and the cloud grew. And then all of a sudden, the, on top of that, they began to hear a rumble. And they're looking at each other going, that's a, I recognize that. That's, that's, that's horse hooves and chariots and oh, oh no. Exodus 14 verses 10 
through 12 says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were so afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, here we go, put you in the box. Because there's no graves in Egypt. Hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than it should, that we should die in the wilderness? That box of the known, that's what I want. What you do bringing me out here into the unknown for? Just 10 minutes ago, you was bragging about how God performed miracles. And now, all of a sudden, you're wanting to go back. Get back in that box, God. Put me back into slavery, God. Put me back in the known, God. But what you've got to realize is that God has a purpose for your life that's not including a box. Reading that account, we think to ourselves, man, how could they doubt God? Them knotheads. You know, come on now. Here God did all of that, and they go and they turn right around and do that. Man. But then you come to church and you feel the presence of God. You're all excited. We have a... Once again, an awesome service. Your faith is high. You walk out of here. You get in your car. You go home. And before you even get in the house, you might get a phone call or you might get a text. And all of a sudden, you start to see the dust in the distance and you begin to hear a rumbling of the horse's hooves and you begin to remember and you start putting him back in that box again. But I come here tonight to let the church know it's time, it's time to take him out of the box. Let God operate for you like he wants to operate for you. Hallelujah. We take comfort and security in the understood and the routine. The rut of life. Which is just a grave. One of the best books I've read, one of the best leadership books I've read is called Failing Forward. Changed my perspective completely. I can't remember the guy's name that wrote it. But in the book he talks about changing the way you perceive failure. Just because you fail doesn't mean you die. You learn from your failures. It's experience. And experience brings patience. So in those times when you fail, you're not the worst thing to walk in shoe leather. You're just learning. You're just learning. That's part of life. When a baby's growing and they start to learn how to walk, do they just automatically start to walk? I did, but everybody else didn't. Well, if they'd opened the refrigerator, I might have. 
I might have made it up there without much, much stumble, but but that baby going to fall. Does that baby, do you automatically go, well, you ain't going to walk. You'll never learn. No. You go, oh, ain't that so cute? <laughs> Little Jimmy, he's, he's walking. Grandma, guess what? Jimmy took his first step today. It's exciting. Because the baby's learning how to walk. Cut yourself some slack. God's leading you and directing you in this thing called life. And you're going to make mistakes. It's okay. He can take those mistakes and he can turn them around and make them into something good. All things, all things, all things work together for the good. At least you're trying. Talking about getting him out of the box. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But we want to understand it. We want to figure it out. But you've got to understand that his ways are not our ways. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9. Read you this translation. says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Romans eleven thirty three through 36 is, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known his mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him and shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom being glory forever. God is awesome. God is moving this church into a new dimension. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? A greater measure in our relationship, in our relationship, in our relationship and our service with him. We've been coming to this church for four years. And pastor, I don't know the past of this church. Don't care to know the past of this church. But as I'm seeing things now, I'm seeing God putting pieces of puzzles together. Bringing individuals into the church and fitting them into situations and, and into things to do in the church. And I believe God is fixing to change some things in this church, but this box, we've got to let him out of it for him to operate like he wants to. We've got to trust his lead. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And as he leads us, we go about our day. Proverbs 16 and 9 says, A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He directs our steps. Yeah. 
really go talk to that one over there. No. Get back in that box. Pray for that one over there. Um, no, no, get back in that box. Get back in the box. Talk to that one about God. Oh, wait a minute. No. Get back in the box. There you go. No. No. Mm. Let's lift our hands to him right now. God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Trust him, church. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. He has a plan. He has a plan for this church. Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 5. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Isaiah was foretelling of the end of the captivity of Babylon. And I've come here to tell you, God's in the captivity of your mind from that box. Isaiah 41 says, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. He said it twice. Saith your God, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that, ye, that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Verse 27 says, For the Lord of hosts hath purposed, The Lord of hosts hath purposed. And who? Who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out. And who shall turn it back? Music can come, please. Barnes commentary of who shall disannul it. I love this right here. Who has power to defeat his purposes? Difficult as they may be in appearance. Hello. Difficult they may be in appearance. And incredible as their fulfillment may seem. Yet his purposes are formed in full view of all the circumstances. And there is no power to resist his arm. Or to turn him aside from the execution of his designs. By this assurance, God's design to comfort his people when they should be in Babylon is a long and dreary captivity. And by the same consideration, his people may be comforted at all times. His plan, his plans, his plans shall stand. His plans shall stand. No one can disannul him. No arm has power to resist him. None of the schemes formed against him shall ever prosper. Whatever ills, therefore, may befall his people, however thick, gloomy, sad their calamities may be, and however dark his dispensations may appear, yet they may bear the assurance that all his plans are wise, and they shall stand. No matter how many or how mighty may be the foes of the church, or no matter how strong the cities or their ramparts, 
No matter how numerous their armies or how self-confidence may be their leaders, they have no power to resist God. If their plans are in his way, they will be thrown down. If revolutions are necessary among human beings to accomplish his purposes, they will be brought about. If cities and armies need to be destroyed in order that his plans may succeed and his church be safe, they will be demolished. Just as the army of Sennacherib was laid pale in death, as Babylon, the haughtiest of cities, was overthrown, who can stand against God and who can resist the execution of his will? Let's all stand. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. Declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He's also to be feared among all gods. O Zion that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain, O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift, up, lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold the Lord will come with strong hand and his arms shall rule for him. Behold his reward is with him and his works before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd and shall gather the lambs with his arm and shall them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are young. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All nations before him are as nothing and they are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. To whom then... Will you liken God or what likeness will you compare unto him? For the Lord your God is God of gods. And Lord of lords. A great God. And mighty and a terrible which regardeth not persons. Nor taketh reward. Church, God will perform His plan. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. Give me verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ through all ages, world without end. Amen. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Hey, get him out of the box. Hey, this altar's open. You want to come up here? You got something in a box? Get it out of there.